is Zane Lambrey. You are listening to Zane's World with myself. And today we have my lovely wife, Mel. Kind here. of you. You know what's funny? I was thinking you're... <laughs> what so, to say? To be descriptive? <laughs> my beautiful, blonde... Kind. Kind. Loving. Pretty. Sexy. Oh, what? Um, oh, but when I was thinking that I could have just had your twin sister who's in the yeah, other I room. I actually thought about that when you asked me to do it. She came in and did it. And if maybe people would have liked it more, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so our guest today is uh, Brian Volk Weiss. Um, if you don't know him, you probably know his work. He does a, a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. First of all, he has an uh, an eighty one pound. I mean, in the bio, it's listed as less, and he corrected me. But he has like an eighty one pound tortoise that he got. So cool. Like years ago as a baby. As a tiny baby. As a tiny mm-hmm. baby. And it just has grown. I think it's maybe only 15 years old and it's and it's that big. Um, but but anyway, you, you wouldn't know him from, from that. Um, he has... <laughs> Probably not. He, he produces um, the biggest comedy shows like Kevin Hart, Jim Gaffigan, like really just, I mean, everybody. all... Yeah, just, just everybody. A lot of work to do production on that. Well, so here's what's kind of cool. Yes, it is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of work. But he talks about when he was there... Um, when Kevin Smith mm-hmm. was doing stand-up, okay. and usually they'll do one in the morning or one one early and one later, okay. so that if they need to edit them together, if maybe a joke hits better later, yeah. or just for just for extra coverage, whatever. And in between, he had a heart attack. Oh my god! And almost died. Had what's called the Widowmaker. He was heavy, and then he lost weight. I don't know what oh, point this was. I was say he's young. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, I guess it's it runs in his family. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing is his his first show was so good mm-hmm. that they didn't need the second show. Oh, no. So it's they still did it. But like okay. you can watch the show and know that he almost died like minutes after it was over. They break for like an an, an hour just mm-hmm. for him to like just you know calm down. And because um, like being on is just a lot of work. And then uh-huh. um, and for him to like do a meet and greet and Brian just walked away. Hey, can you meet these people and walked away for a second and then it happened. So anyway, he he talks about that, which is kind of crazy. A random piece of information, by the way. It is, but I was talking about certain things, and it just kind of came up. I mean, mm-hmm. I have so much in common with him mm-hmm. that it was so incredibly easy to talk to him. Like he's into some, great. like he's into animals and Star Trek. You'd be and surprised nerdy stuff. how many times you say that, though. Like after you do a podcast or meet yeah. somebody, you're always like, "I didn't realize that we had this in common, and now we're best friends." Honestly, I mean, it kind of goes with like all of our guests, right? I mean, it happens all the time. Where no different from him that. Uh, like they'll stay afterwards, like mm-hmm. when we had Eric Roberts on, mm-hmm. and he just stayed for an hour, which mm-hmm. is which was great. It's mm-hmm. up to him, but like we were happy to have him and and talk or whatever. And Brian, the same thing. We we stopped and then we just kept talking. But anyway, what you would know him from mm-hmm. is uh, this show because he was um, got to know the reality people or person at Netflix. Okay, he was able to pitch a a passion project of his that he's been pitching for a while. Okay, and no one was buying. And that was the toys that made us. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't hear about that because I would have been like all over that. It, it so I, I will be honest. Before the interview, um, which we recorded last week, that you're about to listen to, I hadn't watched it. What? I hadn't watched it. I even watched it. You've you saw which one did you watch? I watched the first one. Oh, what was it? Uh, Star Wars stuff, I think. Yeah, Star Wars. Like, I remember Star it Trek. feeling like I was like, oh, this is boy stuff today. Yeah. 
Oh, I, I, I probably had it queued up, and you probably watched the Star Wars uh, one. Because I watched that one, and he said that was where they hit their stride. Um, and they're about to come out with their third season. And then, and then the big announcement, which I'll spoil, uh-huh. is that... Oh God, don't. Well, no, it's fine. No, no, no. Okay. I, I mean, I think I talked about it in the interview. I, it was a week ago, so I, I don't remember. But um, they're doing the movies that made us. And so they're doing, like, Die Hard and, like, how... Dirty these- Dancing. Yeah, Dirty Dancing is one. How did you know that? yeah, because I dreamed of that, like, life of, like, vacationing in summer and, like, the Catskills or something. Stop it. You know what's so crazy? so dreamy. It's crazy because he said that Dirty Dancing is basically Star Wars for women. And I was like, I don't understand. And and so he was, like, talking about how incredibly popular that movie was. I I don't know that I've watched it the whole way through. What are you talking about? We were watching it this weekend. That's fine. Like that's fine. It's just one. Does of it those, have like, like stuff? Does it have stuff blowing coming, up? If it's the Star Wars for women, is there stuff? There's so blowing much up? action and fires and things blowing up in it. It's crazy. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's not and true. if by blowing up, you're talking about like the dance floor, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, it's just a coming of age movie that, like, as a female, we watched and we were like, one, can we look like baby? Okay. And can we Who, have all her outfits? And she, but and, and then she was supposed to be like like not, not very. Homely, and every, no, just, she was just just a regular, to be like a regular girl, okay. like an everyday girl. Okay, but she had like a body that just would not stop. Okay. And okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> and the music was really good. The the soundtrack was monstrous, and it was like oh, a summer of you know, like a summer of innocence, of yet discovering femininity, and you know, like. As a girl I, now, this age, and yeah. when I first watched it, I was just like, I can't believe people actually did this. That mm-hmm. they like took their family, packed up, and went on vacation and for so, months at a and time. And so, what they would do when they shoot when they're shooting this, they went to that actual place, okay. which is now obviously still. I guess it's not surprising mm. that that place is now a popular tourist place because of the movie. Do people like stay there yep. for? Oh, yeah. Stop it. You can stay there. Shut and so they went there and shot there and then had some people from, I guess. Do you know what it's called? I don't. But you'll learn it. Out? When you watch it, you'll learn it all. It's going to be, it's just going to be amazing. Okay. So I was like, oh, like Goonies. And he said, no, not Goonies. And I was like, huh? huh? But then he listed all of them. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. No, we're, we're cool. You Was you, Ghostbusters you, one of them? I don't think so. Hmm. But it should have been. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It'll but, be like uh, weird science and stuff, right? I think I said weird science, mm-hmm. real genius, and I don't remember. But if you, but the the catch is, is this: it's the eighties, mm-hmm. and the eighties was just like thrived on being weird. So although like I don't think Commando they, and like oh my god, yeah, Rambo, Predator, yeah, and there are so many. almost infinite number of movies uh-huh. that you know the movies that made us. Okay. Anyway, well, so. okay, we got to go back to toys because yeah, 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 I have yeah. to talk to you about toys. Listen to the interview, Mm -hmm. and then if you have any questions after, let me know. Okay. Okay, here we go. We'll be back in a moment with more Zane's World. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! 
Man, how can you afford gas for that big SUV? I pay less for gas than everyone else. I got the free Get Upside Gas app and get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting up to 25 cents off a gallon with the free Get Upside Gas app while I'm paying full price? You know it. People earned over a million dollars last year. You just got to take a picture of your gas receipt and bam, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm downloading the free GetUpside Gas app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code AUTO for a 20-cent gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 45 cents a gallon on your next tank. Just download the free GetUpside app at the App Store or Google Play and use promo code AUTO. Save money on gas on every fill-up. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code AUTO. That's A-U-T-O. Visit GetUpside.com for terms. Do you want a podcast? Do you have a podcast? Then check out Launchpad DM powered by Podcast One. Launchpad DM is a totally free platform and service for anyone who wants to podcast, offering unlimited hosting and access to a dashboard with all of your show's analytics. You own and control everything, including your subscribers. And it's a great discovery tool to help people find your podcast. You may even get invited to join the official Podcast One roster with even more perks like access to producers, marketers, sales teams, and more. Sign up today at launchpaddm.com. Welcome back to Zane's World. Ryan Volkweiss is the founder and CEO of Comedy Dynamics, the world's most important comedy production company. He owns a 65-pound tortoise, has a ship with the designation VYS313-G. He owns a key to the USS Constitution from 1797 and... A Wooden Plane. He has produced 1,347 comedy specials, and you can watch his show, The Toys That Made Us, on Netflix. And to blow your mind, The Movies That Made Us is coming soon. I present you with Brian Volk Weiss. How accurate was that? Uh, it was definitely, uh, it had some stuff off. Okay. But by the way, the one, of all the stuff you had the off. The Wooden Plane. No, oh, okay. uh, the one where I wanted, the only time I really wanted to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah, got it. Uh, our turtle is now over 80 pounds. You know what's so funny? I That was the one I almost stopped on to like, is it a sulcata? Uh, it's an East African land tortoise. Okay. That when I got it was, I mean, literally the size of a silver dollar. It was a so, gift. Wait, how old is it? I think 13 years and it's literally gone that, from that's like... That's pretty big growth in oh, yeah. 13 no, years. No, it, it weighed less than like, uh, I mean, a Coke, a full, a half a can of Coke. Yeah. It, it, it weighed way less than that when I oh got him. Oh my God, that's amazing. And now, yeah, it's, it, it was 80 pounds, over 80 pounds in December. And does he just, he lives outside? Just hangs out in the backyard. He eats the grass. Yeah. We, I give him an apple every morning if I have it. Oh, and But so it's amazing. just so funny. Of all the stuff you said... Like the thousand was, special, like yeah. I'm like, hey, yeah, whatever. I don't think whatever. it was actually, a but no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, my turtle, no, you my got turtle. That wrong. Damn it, you didn't. Uh, Eighty pounds. Yeah, you got the designation of my ship wrong. But listen, the turtle is really important. What's his name? Kaji. Kaji. This homeless person or bum in Korean. Wow. Yes. And why the Korean designation? Uh, it was given to me by a Korean girl. Oh my god, I love it. Uh, we were on uh, we were on a first date right around Christmas and. We walked by a pet store in the Beverly Center that's since long gone. Okay. And they had like a couple dozen of them in the window. By the, the way, the pet store at the top of the yeah, escalator? exactly. Oh, my God. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cute. It was like all these tiny little turtles. Oh, my God. And then we had a date a week later, and it was like December 19th. 
And it was like, yeah, you know, it's only a second date, but do you get a Christmas present? And she remembered, I was like all blown away with the turtles, gave me the turtle. How much did that turtle cost, you think? $200. That's expensive. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's 13 years. Yeah. No, no, no. So it's, if you it's, amortize it's it. It's paid for itself. <laughs> and it, it literally cuts the lawn. I was going right? to say. Yeah. Um, does he work uh, systematically on the lawn? or does He, he work- does not. He is not a systematic <laughs> animal uh, in the slightest. And does he dig holes? Does he have holes he lives Absolutely in? dig holes. Like a mole. Okay. It's good you know that. Most people don't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, literally, he's like a mole. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And, uh, oh, that's just so cool. Um, I never get to talk about it. I, lo- I love this. Like, I, I love them. I, I went through your bio. Yeah. I, Sounds like y- you are, yeah, I know, like, almost like a stalker. Uh, I promise, just material that I was sent and I could find online for the yeah. last 15 days. Uh, oh, y- you are living the, the physical embodiment of my internal struggle growing up. And I'll, I'll be clear on what that means because that's sort of a mouthful. Because you, you, you have all these things that, you could, I'm doing, doing air quotes, but I don't even need to do it, that are like nerdy stuff. Like the Captain Kirk thing, like naming your car, your car after a spaceship and having the... But all these things, this is like all these things that are important to me. Like I'm going through your bio and everything, including having this 81 pound? At least 80. 80, okay, yeah. 80 pound. Over 80 pound. When's the last time you weighed it and how do you December. do that? Okay. Take the scale from the bathroom yep. uh, and use and just put them on it. And you... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's high enough where his feet are just sort of dangling and trying to move like flippers. I, you know, or, 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 do, or do you hold? You, you can't hold it. It's eighty pounds. These are great. No, I mean, I, I can carry. It. Yeah, you're, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I didn't mean to handle that. Not too far. You. No, I'm not sorry. uphill. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't. Yeah, I, can, I can pick up eighty yeah. pounds. Um, no, it's, I guess it's a big scale, but yeah. Okay. He, uh, he does. He does fit on. I never thought of that. Oh before. my god, it's but no, his feet do not dangle off it. I would like to get my dog together. With your dog your, is huge. With your tortoise. And now I'm going to go. Dogs are terrified of him. I'm going to let, because he's staring, he's staring at the outside. An Irish wolfhound in Los Angeles in what is now the first day of August. That's right. Doesn't let us, like to spend a lot of time out there. But dogs are terrified of, of my turtle. But, and my theory is. They're confused. I think they think it's a rock. And then when it starts <laughs> moving, that really bothers oh, them. That's yeah. so amazing. Like I've seen dogs that are like. The, everyone's scared of that dog mm-hmm. dog like scared out of their minds yeah. and like freaking out i yeah. can imagine but think about like how how does a dog even know what it looks like you know what i mean like when when like when a dog sees bodhi like how does bodhi know that he's not that dog and i guess just because of the the height of their eyes or something like that but there's like, and, and how does a dog know that that's a dog? So there'll be like a little, you know, just a little uh, five pound dog that sees Bodie and knows that he's the same thing as it. Although well, you think that, I mean, you don't really know. Well, but yeah, because they do the whole thing where that one like stands its ground and starts barking and then they want to go up and sniff each other in, in private places. But I don't know. I love animals. I don't know a lot of, and I really love animals. Like I go to the zoo about once a month if I can. I love it. I know very little about them. Yeah. I I am just kind of dig. I am both. I am both. I I dig them, but I I retain a lot of information about them. Mm. I'm doing this podcast with Sean Jossie, uh, this uh, a comedian, and he wanted to know what my passion was. And I think that's one of those interesting things. Like you think that you and we talked a little bit before this podcast, and I'm not sure if I'm what you expected or not or whatever. But like, I don't think people would understand would like think at first that that was what my passion was like. I had the same interests as you. 
but there was no I didn't know anyone else that did like I didn't know anyone who would like rush home to watch Quantum Leap or Star Trek and then no information about it and just like again these these things that I guess we're calling them nerdy right or maybe things that smart people are interested in so I didn't know anybody that liked the same stuff as me like as a whole or if they did like um uh, like Star Trek then they you know were little you know they they hit it. They, well, no, either they hit it or the ones that you knew about it were just so off the charts geeky that you, I couldn't relate to them. I, I mean, it, uh, my, I mean, Marvel is what changed everything. I mean, yeah, what, what, right. what was not cool, what was like embarrassing, what you would have to wait like five dates. You're, to des- you're describing comic books, by the way, right? <laughs> comic <laughs> yeah. books, yeah. Star Trek, yeah. like all of this stuff, like, like now, like. It, it's so weird to me because it's only been about a year and a half. Yeah. But stuff that like – I mean what you just said is what I could have said. I mean it's exactly like like of th- a thousand people in the lunchroom when I was having lunch in yeah. high school. Yeah. There was like three that I was aware of that right. were into Star Trek right. or Star Wars. Right. And now you see everybody wearing Star Wars shirts and, mm-hmm. and, and it, it's – it's so surreal to me. Yeah, like I'm still not used to. Yeah, it. yeah, it it is it is surreal, and I, I I appreciate that the that Marvel has done it with the Marvel universe. Yeah, right. Um, and it's funny. Like I think I probably waited like, like over a year to tell my wife that like I like Star Trek because it's like what? What do you mean? And then you like want to sit down and explain. So she likes this show, uh, Outlander. Do you know Outlander? No, okay. I know what it is. You know what it is. Everybody okay. tells me to watch it. I haven't watched it it's, yet. It's really good. It is more, and I'm doing air quotes. It is more of like a chick show kind of, you know what I mean? It's more romantic, whatever. But, um, but it's really good. She watches and I watch it with her. So anyway, the guy, this guy, Ron Moore, do you know who he is? Okay. So, so he, so he worship, was, okay, no, no, that's someone fine. I worship. Oh, okay. I've of met him a few uh, times okay. Of course too, you do. I mean, exactly. So he yeah. like, he like writes that. No, I listen. I know it's a show, and I actually shows that uh, lean female I usually enjoy more yeah. than shows that lean right, male. Right. So I know I'll like it. There must be something about it that's causing the problem. Like it's not on Netflix or it's not on Amazon. Yeah. Like where where like that's probably why I don't watch it. Well, it's you know it's funny because she was like she asked me to watch that because she read the books. She always re- insists on reading the books first, and then she wanted to watch it, and I would watch it, and I was like, yeah, this is cool. Actually, it's, a, it's, it's really great. If you like history, which I know that you do, yeah. and just everything involved, it was like, it, you know, the Jacobites and sort of Scotland and the fight with... with yeah. With no, I, I I will get to it. But it, like I said, it just... It must be like on FX or something, yeah. and I know no, no, it's a, it, it's, it's on Stars Or it's on Star. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's stars. difficult so that, to find. That's, that's why I don't watch it. But I tried to, I tried to reverse engineer that and tell her that that Ron Moore wrote for Star Trek and so that she understood that it's not just about this geeky it is but not just about the geeky you know like technology stuff it's really once you get once you start watching it you get past that and it's all like it's just story driven it's character driven it's just caring about a character and following them on on a journey as they make their arcs he didn't just work on Star Trek right. he I would argue wrote at, of the, I believe, 187 episodes. Of which one? Of, of Next Generation. Next Generation, okay. I would argue. But he also did Voyager. He, he Barely. He basically oh, okay. quick got fired from Voyager. He worked on Deep oh. Space Nine in okay, a big way. Uh-huh. I think he was on Deep Space Nine the entire run. Uh, and right. I like Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. but Next Gen, I, I mean, I worship. Of course. And I would say of like the about 187 episodes of the top 10 I think Ron Moore wrote at least four or five of them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And yeah. then he did Galactica, 
which was also, I don't know if you watched that or not, brilliant. Really? And by the way, it was brilliant, but it's funny. As I'm, you know, I've, I've never done a podcast in my life till 18 months ago, and I'm. Oh, really? I'm, yeah, and I'm, why, I'm. Why is that? Because until Toys That Made Us, like no one, and I don't mean this in a bad way, no one cared what I had to say, <laughs> and I still am surprised anyone does care. To be honest with you, well, but I, you've done, I, other, you've done some other I, stuff. I have to be careful with the Ron Moore thing because there's something I always say about him and Battlestar Galactica when I don't have a microphone. That I was just about to say, and I'm like debating, like, if he heard, like, I don't know what he would think or anything, but the thing that was very interesting about him, I guess I'm saying it, with Galactica, he did the pilot, he was there for every single second of season one. Mm -hmm. It's one of the greatest seasons of all time, until The Expanse, I don't know if you're watching that. You need to be watching that I'm if writing, you're not watching I'm writing, that. I'm writing this stuff down. It's on Amazon Prime. It, it started. Oh, someone else. Yeah, oh my God. It so, is. Someone just, someone that listens to the podcast told me to go watch it and and have some of those characters on this show. So I'm, I'm trying. Is, but you're now, I'm, I didn't is, know them, but I know you. Is, so I mean, it's removing Star Trek. Yeah. It is the greatest science fiction show in the history of television. Wow. It is mind blowing. Did you watch the. Uh, I, I tried to watch it last night. Well, I, I did. Uh, what's it called? It's on Netflix now. It's like – it's Earth in the future. It's like the biggest, highest budget Chinese movie ever. No. Where they're pulling Earth. No. And for that reason, I really want to see it. Yeah. It's, I hear it's horrible. It's it's horrible, yeah. but the, the 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 special effects, you know, the graphics are are really impressive. But the story, you should watch, and I want to hear what you think about it. But like the story is just like, huh? Like you really, you got to put a little more in the story. But and but what's weird is that the the you know how like old um, kung fu movies they did those things like you know they they dubbed it in in English. Yeah. And, and like I don't know if they were trying to do a bad job or just they didn't care enough about it, but like there was just a way that it was it was always yeah. done. Like someone wouldn't turn around and be like like turn and just turn. They had to turn with a oh, like they had to make a noise when they turned, and it's kind of like that thing. It's like done in a it's a really weird campy sort of thing. So funny you bring that up because there's another movie that came out I think this year, maybe it was last year. I, the whole movie was like that. Yeah, Aquaman. Aquaman was the most bizarre we did you have you seen it so so what's funny is i did see that i made my wife watch it with me and it's difficult to get her in marvel boom she's in dc she just kind of like it's so dark whatever i might have even bought it so i think i i own it but i i, I watched it and i fell asleep so i so i get to watch it again but what's what's your take on yeah, it well i i think it is one of the most courageous studio green lights of all time right i mean it's and just so you know like the only superhero I have ever been into mm. is Batman. Mm-hmm. So whenever I see a Marvel movie or a DC movie that's not Batman right. or Superman, of course, yeah. too, but I don't know anything. So I see Iron Man. I'm learning about Iron Man. I right, see exactly. Captain Marvel. I don't know anything yeah. about Captain Marvel. I, I see Cap- Captain America is a great example. Mm-hmm. And Thor, actually. Those are, again, two characters. I knew what they looked like. I knew their names. I didn't know anything about them. I go and see the movie and I'm, I'm like... Marvel is amazing because these stories, these are batshit crazy fucking characters, crazy fucking Mm -hmm. stories. But Marvel somehow has made this a normal, understandable Mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. That's great. So I'm sitting there watching Aquaman and I'm like, this is fucking bananas. This is all bananas. Everything's bananas. The guy to cast for the villain, the most bizarre casting. 
actors like Nicole Kidman, who I think is literally won Oscars. Yeah. Forgot, like, was acting in such a weird way. It seemed like she didn't know how to act. But to your point, there was repeated moments where characters would go, uh-huh. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, Amber Heard. Mm-hmm. And a couple times, uh, the, ba- uh, the bad guy, William Defoe, again, yeah. I think major Oscar winner. But, but it had, like, what was he doing? It has to be green screen related. Because we could go down the path of the, the prequels for Star Wars and like just about like they didn't even know what they were. It's like when when the the, the people come around and they see that they see the monster and they're just like oh and like wait no your reaction would be way bigger you, you know it's like they didn't even know what they're reacting to their eyes are at different levels and that kind of thing. I think that green screen stuff has to be tough. And actors say that it's like the most challenging thing you can uh, do. I'm, I'm sure, but, and, and awkward. But just but like again like there there was so much stuff in Thor that you have to get your the tesseract the right the, like but it worked. I'm sitting there watching, um, what do you call it? Aquaman. And the, 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 the main guy is trying to become like the chief executive yeah. of the water. Like, yeah. I'm like, that's the name. Like, like literally <laughs> that, like, like it, but anyway. Now I'm going to go back and, and, and watch, and I'm going to make myself stay awake off coffee during I, it. I, uh, I literally saw that film probably about four months after it had come out. Mm-hmm. Huge hit. Right. It was uh, arguably. I know Wonder Woman was the first time DC seemed right. to have gotten it right. Right. But I think this did way more mm-hmm. than um, than Wonder Woman. But Wonder Woman was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, a I, I would argue, as good as the best of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. So I understood why it did well. This was so bizarre. Why do you think it did well? I thought what? it was a good character. Yeah. I thought the storytelling, again, a really weird character, yeah. just like Thor and Captain America, yeah. like super bizarre. But they, but they didn't get too dark. Like, like, like oh, it didn't get dark at Batman all. versus Superman. Oh, F, F minus. I don't, I mean, I don't even, I, I was watching it on, on the plane and I was like, again, I, <laughs> I think of, I fall asleep a lot. But like, it was like, I didn't even understand it. And, and, and when they, they announced that movie, and again, there's, I have friends that know those universes and stuff and they'll explain all this stuff, but like, what do you what do you mean Batman's fighting Superman? What do you mean? Superman could just come in and crush well, his head and then it's done. The funny thing is, and again, this is what Marvel does so well. Feig loves Marvel and he's been reading it since he was nine. Mm-hmm. So or six or whatever. So when he has a story, he knows, oh, episode two oh seven. Oh gotcha. Take pages six, seven, and oh, eight. Wow. Then go to episode then go to issue eight oh nine. Yeah. There's a whole thing at the end in blue. Put that together, that's how you have a good ending. Mm-hmm. So he can do that. I don't think DC has anybody like that. So they're kind of making it up as they go along gotcha. because yeah. there are two fantastic Batman Superman fights in the comics. Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, brilliant Batman Superman fight. And it deals with the issue you brought up, which yeah. is how does Batman fight Superman? Right. It's have you read it? No. Oh. It's like one of the greatest works of American literature. Wow. Oh, my God. Like It's like my third favorite work of literature. It's like Atlas Shrugged, Great Gatsby, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Okay, got it. And he fights Superman, and it makes sense. He has like a kryptonite bow and arrow. He's got these like kryptonite spikes on his feet. He's plugged into a lamp, so he's getting power from the whole city. Like, mm-hmm. it's brilliant. And he loses. I mean, spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Oh, but oh, okay. Well, I'm removing still, that from my list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it still makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then to your point, you're sitting there watching Batman Superman. You're like, 
this is asinine. Right. He's bulletproof. Right. Why are you shooting at him? Right. You can literally like, shoot a bullet at his eye. Yeah. Um, oh, great moment so, from a horrible movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Great moment. I was just reading about that. So, uh, Brandon, I guess, I thought it was Ruth, but it's Routh. I can't. You, yeah. I defer to he, you. He's, he's on a special now. Uh, so, Superman. He's, he's on the, they brought him in on, on the They're super, bringing him in as Superman, Superman, yeah. Supergirl. Supergirl. Is that what it is? I think so, yeah. So he and he's coming in and he's coming in as Superman. A Superman. A Superman. Like a a version. A version, yeah. A, I don't a even dimensional thing. And yeah. I don't even think it's an S. It's like a weird I don't symbol. Know. I don't anyway. Know. I don't watch the show. When, when you so when you were growing up, were you reading comics? The only comics I read Transformers. Okay. G.I. Joe and Batman. Amazing. Like that's all I read. And did you have and and did you have people to like talk about them with? What, Gabe Levine, that was it. Okay. My best friend to this day. Got it. That was, it was literally just the two of us. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then everyone else didn't, yeah, it's just like... Everyone was into sports yeah. or like... And like, I was into MacGyver, but I wasn't I mean, like, let's be honest. passionate about MacGyver. You, you wanted to take karate. Please tell me, at some point, you considered taking karate. Or you went to one class or something. No, I you never saw, took karate. I took you saw karate. You, you, saw, you saw Karate Kid... There was someone in in your school that was not nice to you. You saw Karate Kid. You you drew a correlation. I I was always a geek and like didn't have a lot of friends and everything. But I've always been super tall, so I never had a problem with bullies, like ever. Like so, that's one thing. So there's no one you'd go back and punch. That's absolutely. Oh, okay. Uh, people, I'm like, I'm like what? people I would uh, <laughs> go back and punch. Okay. Um, but I they not because they physically. Right. I mean, they were verbally horrible. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but nothing like no. I I never got beaten up or anything yeah so. well i think the i mean it's the the whole emotional side of it well that was not pleasant yeah, yeah that was not pleasant yeah um i would go back and beat up a lot of them but the good thing is for people in our position is that is that our what we're doing speaks volumes you more than me you produced thirteen thousand comedy specials i don't even know how someone has the time to do that what what is what does it mean to produce a comedy special well it means how many have you really done uh, roughly about a little bit over 200 that's so about right. two, 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 about 208 209 yeah and to put it in perspective for people it's people like kevin hart it's big big names well it's kevin hart and aziz ansari and jim gaffigan and it's an honor to be in business and know them mm-hmm. but it's also someone nobody knew who the fuck she was right. ali wong when we shot her special yeah. who becomes ali wong yeah or tom segura like, if there's anything where I'm like, again, nothing better than working with Aziz. I'd work with him. I mean, if he wanted me to produce him doing some little thing in his backyard, I'd be there a minute later. But the uh, the, the excitement to find an artist that you believe in, that nobody else believes in for whatever reason... Mm-hmm. And work with them and see them become, you know, able to sell 4,000 tickets a night. Mm-hmm. That's my the, my favorite thing about my whole job. What are you working on now? Who's special? We just shot Celeste Barber uh, like four days ago in New York. Uh, she has a, one of the greatest Instagram accounts ever. It's very simple, but it's brilliant where she just kind of mocks uh, models. And she had a great act. So we just did her. <laughs> the cat's on your lap. Is it okay? That's it completely fine. Okay. That's Seamus. He's 17. He's, got lots, he's got lots to say. I know Seamus. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So that was a couple days ago. In, like I said, in New York. I mean, this year alone, we've done Jim Gaffigan. I mean, we're going to do about 30 specials this year. And I'm uh, I'm always so bad just in general with lists. Like, are you helping with 
the material? No. Okay. Zero. Okay. Absolutely zero. I give notes in the editing bay, but it's usually not about the material. It's like, to me, I mean, I have my own theories about how a stand-up special should work Mm -hmm. vis-a-vis the American people. Okay. Um, I feel... All I care about is that as many people like the special as possible. Mm -hmm. So I have a bunch of theories that back into it. And they're very simple theories. From the opening to the minute the artist starts talking, that should be as short as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, It should be joke, joke, joke. It it should just be literally as many jokes as possible. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't be a billionth of a second longer than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Primarily close-ups. You don't need audience shots. Like, other than the opening and closing of the show, you don't need jibs. And these are really not my opinions. They're my opinions of what the audience wants. Mm-hmm. So I just how try have, and... How, that's a difficult thing to find out. Like, how do you know that you don't need I've, to cut I've, to the I mean, audience? I've made, I made dozens, and I probably made three dozen specials and started to put those rules together in my head. Like, But, but it's like someone didn't tell you, hey, why do you keep cutting to audience reaction shots? Well, they don't do well. I mean, that's, I mean, you, you, the overall special, if if that happens, won't move the needle. Mm -hmm. So, and then I'll, and then you start watching like, well, why did this one work? Why did that one not work? Mm -hmm. And you start to see, again, these are just my theories. They could all be wrong, but (laughs) I don't think they're wrong. No, they could be, could absolutely be wrong. (laughs) Or they could be some degree of right or some degree of wrong. But I mean, basically you're in a situation where it's like, you come home from work, you have a thousand options. You could watch a Michael Bay movie. You could watch The Expanse. You could do whatever. Mm-hmm. And you decide to watch a stand-up special. You're exhausted. And I don't care if you make 30 grand a year or 300 grand a year. A tired person at the end of the day is a tired person. Mm-hmm. Do you want to sit there after you hit play and watch a three-minute short film? Right. No, you want to laugh. Right. If you're making the decision to hit play on a stand-up special, mm-hmm. that's it. Like, we did a special, I won't say who it is, but he had a huge act, 8,000, 9,000 person room, and um, he had this whole stupid opening of him driving around in a car and doing all this nonsense, Mm -hmm. and it's like, he looked cool. If there was some girl in high school he was trying to make jealous, Mm -hmm. I'm sure to accomplish that that goal, Mm -hmm. but no one, after a long day, like, I got these three little kids... I watch a lot of my content now mm-hmm. between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. on weekends. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit there and watch a guy who I want to make me laugh driving around in a fancy car for right. three, four minutes. Right. So that's how I learned that kind of thing. Yeah. Where with that special in particular, he it was a great question. No one's asked me this before. That's where I learned because people didn't like it and it wasn't doing well. The album wasn't doing well. People weren't talking about it. And every now and then I'd meet someone who had hit play but didn't finish it, and it was just so apparent that opening... By the way, I think that opening may have been closer to five minutes. Wow. Yeah. And then you also have to have respect for your audience. They don't need to see people laughing to laugh. Right. Like, they're going to laugh or they're not going to laugh based on the words coming out of the artist's mouth. But the audio is is kind of permission, too, right? The audio of, of hearing the audience laugh kind of just helps to move it along as well, right? I don't, I really, truly don't think it does. I really think that if you're cued in with an artist and like, you're just, you're just cued in. Mm -hmm. Like Gary Owen, Gary Owen, one of my favorite comics ever. Uh, We just shot him about a month ago. I mean, he's so funny. Like, he's just so funny. 
And he's one of these guys that oh, borderline reading the phone book, I would enjoy uh-huh. that cliche thing, but yeah. it would be true with him because literally just the tone of his voice, the intonation, like he makes stuff funny. I I don't need people laughing for me to know it's funny. And to mm-hmm. be honest with you, when I'm in the booth, we usually can't hear the audience. Mm, yeah. So like I know a special's good if I cannot wait for the second show to start. Right. Because I'm hearing the same goddamn jokes again that I just heard an hour and a half ago. And I want to see it again. I want to hear it again. That's how I know it's a great act. So you're taking like like two you're you're shooting the special twice? Yeah. With two different audiences? Correct. And then, and then how is it, let's say that the show is an hour. Is that, uh, just about, yeah, okay. usually. If it's an hour, is the content longer? Is like a content like 120 and you're tightening it up and stuff like that? Every or? artist is different. Mm-hmm. I mean, some artists religiously will do like 58 minutes, 59 seconds. Yeah. I mean, we've, uh, we had a show this year. This guy, uh, I mean, he almost clocked two hours wow. per show. Wow. Um, a, one of my favorite examples of this, um, we shot Kevin Smith's hour. Mm-hmm. He did so much material in show one that even though he had a heart attack before show two, uh, we had enough material to basically make two specials if we wanted to. Right. That's how long. I'm an idiot for not knowing that this is a true. This he is- literally had a heart attack. It was last year. I had a heart attack uh, in between, between shows. I was show one went great. I'm talking to him. We had a bunch of people I wanted him to meet. Was uh, he heavy or lighter at that point? It's pretty heavy, but not okay. as heavy as he had been like five years yeah, earlier. Still pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. He it runs in his family too. His father died of a heart attack. So uh, I'm in the room with him. You know, he's telling me what he wanted different from us. I was giving him some thoughts and I'm like, hey man, can I bring some of these people down? I'd like you to meet from the networks and whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, absolutely. I go up. I come down, that was about 90 seconds or less, and he, like, he'd, he'd had a heart attack. Like he, I was on the ground? Yeah, I mean, he almost died, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, uh, like, 20 more minutes, uh, to, if it had taken him 20 minutes longer to get to the hospital, he would have died. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and how long, so he was in the hospital for a long period of time? No, no. Technology's crazy. He literally had the kind of heart attack that, like, something like 90% don't recover from. Yeah. It's called a widow-maker heart attack. Wow. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's the worst kind of heart attack you can have. Mm-hmm. They saved him, and I think he was out in less than two days. That's they a- go in through your leg. The whole thing's done through the leg. They don't open your chest. Or, and by the way, that they go was... go in through... So you're pointing to your inner thigh. They go yeah. They go through there with, yeah. a, with and, a scope. And, and tools. Like, they put these two wires up your leg. One wire is a camera. The other wire is, like, little scissors, little fucking lasers, and literally lasers <laughs> that, like, cauterize stuff. And the reason why, when you used to have a heart attack... You'd be in the hospital for a month was because they had to crack your ribs right, open right, to right, work on you. Right. But like I said, now they go into your thigh. When I woke up the next, by the way, one of my favorite texts ever, uh, word got out that he'd had the heart attack. Mm-hmm. My buddy Alex had texted me, um, I heard that your shitty directing gave Kevin Smith a heart attack. <laughs> one of my favorite texts That's of amazing. all time. Uh, but um, we knew that morning he was going to be fine. Yeah. And I believe he was out. Before like midnight the second day. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I want to tell you a, a, a crazy story. So yeah. I, I worked for when I first uh, I was out here for a few years and just I, you couldn't make anything happen. And that advice that everyone will give you in Hollywood is you you got to you got to make it happen yourself. That's right. So I had a, a a car that I sold it so that I didn't have a car, and I'm I was gonna I was gonna make this show called In Insane. 
kind of a hidden camera with a storyline or whatever. And, um, and so I, I went out and did it and, uh, not that it's the reason that mine didn't work, but then right before we were like ready to sort of start sending it out, Jamie Kennedy, the Jamie Kennedy experiment came out. And so it was kind of like the same kind of a thing. And so whatever, again, that, I'm not sure if that was the reason it didn't work for us, but, um, so I just took it and I edited it down, um, to around like, Four minutes. So, like, from a from, we we made the show. In retrospect, I wouldn't have done like the entire thing. I would have done one to show what I was capable of doing, and then center. But I made the whole thing, and I put it on a VHS to date myself, to age myself, and I sent it to everybody. I mean, like, uh, I yeah, just everyone, everyone you can imagine. And um, who was the big manager, Bernie? Brillstein. Bernie Brillstein. Sent to Brillstein Gray. Um, but, but I got three calls on it. I don't I remember who the other two were, but one of them was from Merv Griffin's production company. Okay. So I went in there and, and, and met with Merv, uh, which is a really cool experience. Always smoking. Uh, but you know, in, in the Beverly Hilton, which he owned, you know, mm-hmm. there was one point that he was even saying like what, one point where he was, didn't even realize that he's driving in his car, probably being driven around. And he was the world's richest entertainer. And he, you know, he had sold Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune to like Coca-Cola and then whatever, something. And he's just like more money than he knew what to do with. So, so he, um, this is, um, this is the long way to a quick, uh, story, but like, um, I did a show with him called, uh, it was called Fester, where I would go to different festivals and become characters. And so I would go like, I went to the Lobster Fest dressed as like a lobster. I went to the Testicle Festival dressed as like a cowboy. Like okay. you know, in, in Montana, they cut the Testicle Festival. It's crazy. And so we um, get back and, and he watches it. And he wanted to call the show because he was, understand those, the shows that he did, he's a bit of a wordsmith. So he wanted to call it American Orgies. Because the the true definition of orgy, I guess, is like people do, that want to do the same thing. Hmm. So an orgy is like, and but it's been turned into something else. But right. so he didn't win that. But but we came back and uh, and then he saw it and he's like, yeah, it's a little too edgy for me, Zane. Oh, we're gonna pass. And so I so I was like, you know, but but send it whoever you. Want. I'm I'm not gonna do impression because no one knows what it sounds like anyway. But anyway, he but he was like, just send it around, whatever. That's fine. Because I said I'm gonna send it. He's like, yeah, sure. And so I, I kind of went a little bit above and beyond and I made like a little note to, and again, I, I edited some of that stuff in to now my three minute reel and I sent it around town again. So I wrote on it, hey, uh, hi, whoever it was, Bernie, uh, Merv Griffin said I should send this tape to you, said you would know what to do with it. Like I, I hand wrote that a hundred times and sent it around town. Smart. And so I get to one, uh, super smart. And so then I get to, <laughs> I'm quoting you. And so I get to, uh, this phone call from this guy and I just wasn't re- I was busy doing something I didn't return he called me three times this this agent and he was like finally gets me on the phone I'm like hey he's like Zane I'm like yeah he's like I want you to know that you're scum and and he's like I know Merv Griffin I called over there they have no idea who you are you're you're sending lies around town I'm like oh that's amazing you called me three times because you just wanted to get out this chest that basically I'm getting from this that you know Merv Griffin and you obviously don't because you if you didn't really call him because if you did he would know who I was because I was just there but hey, it was just this funny it's just it's just an interesting way of like the way that the the industry sort of works the, you know? uh, Tombstone great movie there's a, a great line in the movie where at some point and this is part of what makes the film so good is uh, Wyatt Earp says to Doc Holliday about Ringo he's like 
why is he like that? Yeah. Like, how many action movies <laughs> right. have a moment like right. He's like, what's wrong with this Yeah, guy? yeah. No, don't break and, the wall. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you remember this, but Doc Holliday just has this brilliant thing where he's like, Ringo has a hole in him, and he can't fill it. Mm-hmm. And so he, this is Val Kilmer saying it? This is Val Kilmer yeah. saying it. And he's like, Ringo just keeps killing people and doing these horrible things to try and fill this hole that he just can't fill. Mm-hmm. And that agent, that's what he's doing, calling you and busting your balls yeah, about something right, right. that if he didn't have a hole, yeah. he wouldn't waste his time you know, on. Why, why do you care about setting someone straight that you'll never meet? It's yeah. just, and he had to call me. I got a, I got a call from a, 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 an agent at... But one of the first things I did before this insane, before I sold my car, I was trying to make them. And then I was like, I got to do, I got to go bigger and make it. And then we sent one to him and it was arguably not that good. But this guy, his name is like at one of the big agencies, like CAA, his name was Mike Rizzo or something like that. Yeah, I remember Rizzo. You know, really? So, is there, yeah. So what I always loved about Rizzo is, you know, he's a little heavy, he's kind of pretty big chubby guy. Uh, he had a guy, him and the other guy mm-hmm. shared all their clients. They were a team. They worked on everybody. And the other guy, whose name I don't remember, was a very, very tall, skinny guy. Right. And everybody called them uh, Hot Dog and Hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> whenever, whenever I hear Rizzo's name, that is always uh, the first thing that goes through my head. But there was another agent whose name was Mark Russo. And I know Mark I, Russo. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mark Russo is awesome. Oh, the best. Yeah. So, but, but, but this Mike guy, same exact thing, called me three times after with one of the better, like right before the insane, I had made three of these tapes and they were getting better and better. So he called me right before that, that one. And his, he called me three times and left messages. I didn't call, like, and I would call him, he'd call me back and whatever. And then, he, and I'm like, hey, so you got the tape? He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, I got to tell you, it's, it's just not funny. I'm like, okay, so you're not interested? He's like, no, no. I just, I mean, like, it's just, I don't get it. It's just not that funny. I'm like, okay, so we've been trading phone calls. So you could tell, I, it, was, I, it was the weirdest I, I, thing. I, I deal with this every, you know, a couple times a year. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I'm like, you know, you can just pass. Like, mm-hmm. you can send me an email. You and I text all yeah. day long. You can just fucking text but this uh, and pass. This isn't uh, even somebody that I know. I, I, what, yeah. what you, in, unless you have, like, a solution. Yeah. So you know how you came in and you said it doesn't smell like cats in here? Yeah. Like, we talked about that. Beca- and and the, the thing is, is, like, a friend of mine has a friend whose house stinks of cats. Okay? Yeah. yeah. And so I have these two, like amazing air purifiers called rabbits. Well, they work. They work amazing. Yeah. And so my friend was like, that's amazing. My friend's house smells like cats. I didn't have, I don't have the heart to tell him that. But now that I see you have this thing that works, now I can tell him because I can tell him what the solution is. Ooh, right? But if, you, if you're if you going to call me and tell yeah. me that my, my shit's not funny, yeah. unless you have an idea about what I can improve, it's, who, who, what are you doing? You're wasting your breath. By, by the way, just yeah. to make yourself feel a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Either when this is over and the microphones are off, or just Google it later. Yeah. Rizzo had an interesting uh, uh, conclusion to his entertainment career. Okay, that's so, awesome. That's that, awesome. That I mean, make you feel I, any better? I, you know what? I, I, I guarantee I won't. I won't be surprised. It was like it was. It was. It was this weird time in my life where it was just you. Just it's one of those things. I mean, you start first start out here, and I want to hear your your version of your start. When I first moved out here, it's like, oh, I want to get an audition. Well, you can't. You need an agent. Okay, well, how do I get an agent? Oh, you need to have done something. You're like, 
come on, what are you doing? That's not, you can't. Yeah. It's like a chicken and the egg. And so you had to let him go. You had to like invent it. Unless you just were lucky or knew somebody or were beautiful or whatever, or I don't know, you know, more talented than me. Like, you know, something you needed to be a catalyst to sort of do one of those yeah. two things. Yeah. So, so did your career start, you grew up in Queens. Mm-hmm. Did your career start in New York? Nope, all here. All here. Yep. So you moved here. How old were you when you turned? A, a week after graduation, less than that, like four days. Okay. I was 22. I was barely 22. College. Where, where was college? University of Iowa. Okay. So, I mean, I, my birthday is May 28th. I okay. think I graduated, I think, around like May 10th or May, something like that. I may have been out here before I was 22. Did you move directly from Iowa or did you go, were you back in New York? I flew back to New York okay. because for reasons I don't remember, <laughs> cars were cheaper in New York. Okay. So I bought my car in New York and I I, I was home for about 48 hours okay. uh, and then I drove straight to LA, 56 hours straight, no stops. And, and so- Got here July 1st, 1998. 98, okay. Yeah. I moved here in 96. Yeah. And so what happened? So you moved here. Did you know anybody? Knew nobody. Okay. Uh, so why did so why did you move here? Uh, I mean, ever since I saw Star Wars, I wanted to be in show business. Uh, when I got here, I thought I wanted to be a director. Uh, all through college, I wanted to be a, all through high school. I always wanted to be a director. Oh yeah, you were making films and stuff as you, when you were younger, oh, right? That's very nice of you to call them films. Uh, <laughs> did you use actual I, I film? I was doing okay. things that the cameras were recording. I mean, that is accurate. Uh, By not, the way, I didn't. I didn't say they were good. They, they were they, <laughs> even calling them films uh, <laughs> implies a quality that was not there. Uh, identity crash uh, was not a uh, life changer. Yeah, I got out here, and what I realized was what I thought was directing was the aspect of directing that I like. Because, you know, when you make student films, you're doing everything. Uh, was the producing. I actually loved the producing. I didn't love the directing thing. I didn't like talking to actors and, you Got know, it. memorizing scripts and stuff. I liked the logistics. I like the sales aspect of it. About a year after I got here, I started shifting towards a producerial path. Okay, so you you moved out here to be a beha- behind the scene, behind the camera guy. Always. Okay. Yeah. Was, you weren't like a comedian? No, or okay. absolutely not. <laughs> no. You think this? I think you no. could. I think you could do no, it. No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, it's very different. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I used to be a manager. That's sort of how this kind of started. I was a manager, mm-hmm. only represented comedians. And um, one day... I was with one of my clients, huge, huge act, and uh, we had a friend uh, who was practicing to get, like, I think The Tonight Show or Kimmel or something. Uh, so we go to an open mic. It was at the Gower Gulch. You remember the Gower Gulch? Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's still there. <laughs> so we go to the Gower Gulch. It's open mic night, and uh, we got there a bit early, and no one was going up. No one. And my client looks at me and goes- What do you mean no one was going up? No one was- It was open mic night, but no one wanted to d- get it. up and do open Oh, mics. no one to get it wrong. Yeah. Got it. And the host was like- I mean, it was getting uncomfortable. The host was like, come on, somebody get up. Like, what's- Why are you even here? Like, get up. Yeah. And my client looks at me. Again, huge act. Huge. And people knew that he was there? Yeah. People yeah, saw yeah, him yeah, and stuff? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, like, as big as Kevin Hart is today. Yeah. Act. And he looks at me and he goes- And I'd worked with him already for like seven or eight years. And he goes- you know my act. Why don't you go up and do it? And I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. And I knew his, I had his act memorized, not just the words, the intonations, yeah. everything memorized. Yeah. I got up, and I mean, to say I bombed would be an understatement. Oh, no. And I, it was a wonderful learning experience because I always thought what they did was hard. Mm-hmm. I never was like, oh, that's easy. Anyone could do that. Yeah. Like, I knew you needed talent and stuff, but 
d- being up there with his act verbatim memorized, his speech patterns memorized. I had the pauses, lengths memorized. Yeah. It didn't work. And that it was such a great thing to learn, like firsthand, how random and difficult the stand up business is that the same words with the guy sitting to my left mm-hmm. could make 15,000 people laugh simultaneously. I couldn't make nine people laugh with the same words. You know, it's funny. We, so I did a stand up tour. When I was shooting my first season of Drinking Made Easy. So I would do shoot the show during the day and at night I would do a show. So I did 50 shows. Usually like I did every every house of blues. So they were like either 500 to 1,000, whatever. And on the last night, so so it was me, my buddy from college, who's uh, Steve, who's um, a challenging person. He's funny unless until you put the mic in his hand, and then he becomes unfunny. It's amazing. And then this guy Mark, who but was, I think that would be me to your point earlier. But were, were you sober? Like, were you? Did you had you had a, a drink at all when you when you got up there? To I was do completely it? sober. Yeah. Then then that that there was but no again, there, there my, was no hope for you. No, but my client, who like I said, yeah, was. To this day, one of the biggest comedians who ever lived. Yeah. He never had a drink in his life. Well, I know, but he – the thing that he possessed was this confidence, right? So my, my buddy Steve, when he would get up there, his confidence would – he would just get shot with, with this confidence and he would have a few drinks. Oh, and well, that, that, that would not happen. Yeah. Me. Yeah, my confidence would not go away. Okay. But I just don't think – I just don't think – anyway, I don't think I'd be good. But yeah. I interrupted you. Sorry. I, I think you would. I don't care. No, um, this is all about you anyway, so please interrupt me. But, but, but you know, at the end, we all knew each other's acts, right? So we had done 50 shows, plus we did like a smaller – two smaller tours before it to work out some of the kinks. And then the last show, we were recording um, for audio, and we did – a, a, a day show, like they added a day, like it was it was a night show at eight, but then they add like a four or something like that. So, um, all the crew, my wife, and she was the producer, and and everybody. When I went up and did my stuff, they like certain things were supposed to happen. Like if I'm like yeah whatever, and then like a, Steve comes in dressed like a cowboy and says a line and walks off, right? So they just all switched characters and did things. They would they were just messing me up, and I it was so much fun for me. And like I don't know that the audience knew. It was, I mean, I ta- told the audience what was happening, so they were having fun. It was so much fun. And then, so I, we did. We finished. And then the night show. Actually, I, no, we weren't recording this. This was just our last show. So then the night show came, and it would be our last show. And I said, "You guys, that was so much fun. I so I was. And it was a surprise. I don't know who who planned it. Probably my wife and everyone. Different members of the crew that had never been on stage came up to do different parts, and it was just amazing. So I said to 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 the to the group, I'm like, Hey, why don't we like for the next for the night show, let's let's do that again. That was amazing, and I'll I'll come up like maybe uh, you know this guy Geo, who is a big fan of Mark, the opening comic, his like stuff, like loved it. He could do it verbatim. So why don't we have Geo come up and do a little bit of Mark's? And Mark's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. We're like, well, it's the last show. Let's just have some fun. He's like, no. And he got crazy serious in those eyes. He's like, I would rather you fuck my girlfriend in front of me than do any of my fucking material. He's like, this if this is if this is a joke to you, then I'm. A, it was literally one little thing, and the whole thing. People don't understand what this falling out because he was in the first season of the show, and this whole thing happened, and he was like so. And and by the way, he's still doing the same material, and he doesn't have the same girlfriend. But like, so, <laughs> so he, maybe he was maybe it was an offer, but it was amazing how like. 
his material was every everything in his in his identity and to have someone go up and do it he really said like it was like it'd be the worst violation you could ever do for me i mean I, yeah, fine. I didn't have the years that he had on the road and stuff like that, but I still had a pretty good act and I like had done it a hundred times. And I just thought it was funny to like, to like mix it up for well, people. But also, I, probably time to move on from that material. Yeah. Which it sounds like this guy didn't. Yeah. That's if having done this for a while, that's my guess what was really going on. You have the ability to self-generate easily. This oh, guy did not. I see. That's what I bet I you see. it was. Because I'm up there having conversations with the with the audience and like you know, my act was like maybe it varied 10% sometimes 20 but like with him i think it was the same yeah. stuff so like and he wasn't as comfortable with, well i mean i know a guy like that sons of bitches sons of bitches so all right let's let's talk about this this um show that is like exploding the the toys that made us season three is coming up yes uh and i and and it's having did you expect this response no no it's uh i just upgraded it recently what I've been that, saying what, for is, a, what does that mean? What do you? What, what it means is, for a year and a half, I was describing the reaction as surreal. Mm -hmm. And at Comic Con last week or two weeks ago, I upgraded it to I feel like I'm living in a movie. Right. Uh, I, I the whole thing was random. I mean, it was the most random thing in the world. I was trying to sell the show for years, mm -hmm. like seven, eight years. And what ended up happening was there was a guy at Netflix, a guy named Devin, and Devin. Uh, was in charge of acquiring stand-up specials. Mm -hmm. So I had done a lot of business with him. Got it. Okay. For stand-up, he had been to my house. Ah. He had seen my toy collection. Right. And he and I had become friends. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So you have is a room sort of dedicated to uh, your uh, stuff? Uh, uh, a, wi a wing? Up until about six weeks ago, it was a room. Okay. Uh, uh, it is now a, uh, uh, it is like now a, uh, yeah, it's a wing. Yeah. Do you know uh, Ralph Garman? I do not. Oh wow! Okay, the GPS guy. Is bad, joke. Oh. <laughs> bad joke. No, I bad just, joke. No, no, no. You should. Have, you should have made me work through it. It took. It took me a second. It took me a second. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Ralph is uh, a comedian. He's he's really good friends with Kevin Smith. Okay, and he uh, is uh, he's a voice on Family Guy. Okay, but he has a room. I think he has one of the best collections, and I think of it's it's of Star Trek stuff. So maybe we need to go over to his place. And yeah, check it I out. definitely need to know him yeah. if it's Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's pretty good. Anyway, so no, I need to see that. I, I need, and I'll accept challenge. Accept. I, I, I'll accept your offer to come to your home. Yeah, you're like, wait, I, no, that's not. No, you're how, consider how, yourself how invited. Consider yourself invited. <laughs> I'm writing that down. I have a lot of notes to follow. Okay, you're going over to his house. So okay, so you have uh, you have this collection of amazing toys through history uh, well not really i mean it yeah. primarily focuses late 70s right. through that's what modern. i mean i didn't mean yeah. like little wooden things from no like no, the no but like i'm but... not into like the 50s 60s gi joe right i'm not into even though i do have a gen one barbie like i mean it's it's i mean it sounds like it's stuff like straight out of your childhood things that actually have it emotional started connection. off that way, but because of the show, uh, it's expanded. Okay. So, like, I was never into He-Man, ever. And now I have a pretty nice He-Man collection. So <laughs> That's so good. The, yeah, yeah. There's only one is toy. Is there a movie? Is that being made into a movie? Yeah, yeah. Who's, well, supposedly. Who's going to be? It, he hasn't been cast yet, I don't think. So, yeah. so I, I'm in contention. Okay. That's right. Okay. Got to keep doing the setup. <laughs> That's all. That's all I do. And they're underneath... 
you know, a lot of fat. But all right, so so he come Devin comes over and sees your toy collection. Yeah, so we had just become friends. Mm-hmm. And like we were friends. He was buying stand up from me and mm-hmm. it was cool. Then Basically, and this is what I love about Netflix and new media and everything, um, Ted, I think, or someone was like, now you do unscripted. And he was like, what? And they're like, we're going into unscripted. Oh, got yeah, it. So now. they're throwing that to him yeah. over and, Netflix. Okay, yeah, got and it. he's like, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> so one day I'm talking to him about stand-up, and I don't remember anymore who said what, but I learned he was given this initiative to get them into unscripted. Mm-hmm. So I... I sent him a bunch of stuff. I didn't even just send him toys. And what does that mean? Stu- you sent toys over? Not physical toys. Photos. By the no, way, that, that no, would, no, no. by the way, that would have been good. No, dude. So I had been trying to sell this for seven or eight years. So I had a deck. And I even had a oh, tape. Oh, got it. Because you, oh, got it. Because I've been trying to sell it for so long. Got it. So I sent him at least two, maybe three or four different ideas. Okay. So here's, so piece of luck number one. Mm-hmm. I met this guy through stand-up comedy who had seen my toy collection. Right. And that's really important because a lot of the problems I had with selling the show was, why is the stand-up comedy guy? Why are we going to give him millions of dollars to do a show about toys? Yeah. So him seeing my collection helped that. Then I sent him at least two, maybe as many as four ideas. And those were tape reels and decks about this or, or four different shows three one about the toys okay. that made us and then three other ideas okay lucky break number two he gravitated towards toys mm-hmm. even though he had no interest in toys mm-hmm. he's he's one of the smartest people if not the smartest person i've ever met so he had called all their data and what he did was he said to me he goes listen the way you have the show now we don't want to make that show like the way you have it in the deck and everything. That's not for us. But he's like, the perfect show for us is that 70s show because it's the perfect show because old people like it because it reminds them of their childhoods because mm-hmm. it takes place in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Young people like it because there's young, good looking cast. Mm-hmm. So we went out and we shot a brand new reel, brand new tape based on that note. Oh, nice. And that's the show that he bought. That's the show that got the whole thing greenlit. Mm -hmm. So it's like my hobby. Like I'm making a show. I'm putting everything into it. I'm flying around the world. We went to Japan. We went to Billin for Lego. And I'm just making the show. I've made lots of shows. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, the show came out December of 2017. And I have made a lot of shows that like if they got 300 reviews – 299 were bad. <laughs> uh, this was the first show I ever did. That where, flipped it? I mean, we got one bad review and like hundreds and hundreds, to this day, hundreds of good reviews. It's amazing. The feedback on social media from day one has been 99.9% positive. And then basically what you and I were talking about earlier, like at some point, going back to what I was saying, like I've upgraded this from it being surreal right. to being in a movie – at some point, I was in a toy store, and someone came up to me and knew who I was. Like, that had never happened before. <laughs> and then I, at Comic-Con, at this most recent Comic-Con, well, actually not this Comic-Con, a con that I did last year. This, I mean, again, this was like the craziest thing I ever saw. I produced this uh, documentary for History Channel for the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Not my best work. Oh. Uh, I'm always very de- – it's not my fault. We, 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 we didn't have enough time to do it. <laughs> okay. Um, but, but um, It sounds like a, 
It sounds like a like a dream opportunity for you too. It, it, it should have been, and had we not been rushed, I would. I, and I always go out of my way to say it's not good because I don't want people to watch it and think that I think it's good. It's okay. not good. Okay. Anyway, oh, so no, I'm not watch that. I have a lot of this. I've never had a podcast where I've had this much homework. Even so, though you're telling me that it's not good now, it makes me want to watch it. It is not good. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm sitting there at this convention last year, uh, you know, April, May, June, or whatever. So less than a year after the show premiered, and after our panel, I'm like getting up to leave, and all these people come up to me, and they have like, I mean, we're talking about at least a dozen people, yeah. with the Star Trek doc wanting me to sign it. Oh my god, that's awesome! And I'm, I'm like. Have you seen this? And they're like, well, some guy, first guy was like, no. And I'm like, why do you want me to sign this? He's like, well, I don't have anything else for you to sign. Oh my God, that's amazing. And that was the moment where I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Like, oh my God. And then, and that's what it's been like. You know, at Comic Con two weeks ago, we had over 2,500 people at the panel. Comic Con told us they turned away over 3,000 people. That could be 6,000. Right. Like yeah, right, All they right. told us yeah. is over 3,000. By the way, it could, it could also be a million. It could be a trillion yeah. million. <laughs> so that's, yeah. And that's where we revealed Movies That Made Us. Mm-hmm. We showed a video that revealed that Movies That Made Us was mm-hmm. coming. Yeah. So the lights go down. We show the thing. And we did it in this kind of cool way. So that these it, are all fans of Toys, toys That Made Us. us. They and, had no, after the lights went back yeah. on, I said, how many of you knew this was coming? Nobody knew. No, I was shocked when I, I when I saw it. It was one of those you hit your head like, yeah, of course this is what's next. Yeah, it's a it's amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. So um, so if you ever see the tape, we're gonna get it one day of the panel. Watch us. So we show the reel, yeah, and the way we did it, and I completely stole this from a trailer. You remember <laughs> that movie um, in the Line of Fire, mm-hmm. the Clint Eastwood movie? Sure. They had this brilliant thing they did in the trailer where the movie, uh, if you remember, he uh, he is uh, it he, Secret Service. Yeah, he was Secret Service, and like he was kind of responsible for JFK getting right. killed. And uh, he was, like, all depressed about that. Um, So the trailer does this great thing where you keep seeing 1963, 1963. Mm -hmm. And the movie came out in 1993. And they're, like, the whole trailer, the six is moving. And then at the end, oh, it's 1993. So I kind of stole that in that we had this whole thing where it was, like, toys that made us, toys that made us, toys that made us. And then the toys started flipping, and you hear that sound of, like, the film stuck Uh in the projector. Uh And then it becomes movies. Oh, my God. If you watch this tape, you will literally see when the lights come on, I am, like, wiping away. I mean, I am bawling. I know. I'm kind of getting chills of you telling me the story. This is amazing. Like, I mean, literally. They exploded? there, There was a beat. Where it took for people to realize what had just happened. Yeah. Like, there's a new show. Yeah. They roared. They went fucking crazy. They went crazier. We showed a preview for season three. They went, cr- I mean, exponentially crazier than season three. But last year, Comic-Con, we revealed we had been picked up for season three. Mm-hmm. This was a bigger reaction mm-hmm. than that. It was like the craziest thing I ever saw. And I'm literally like, again, for a couple of minutes after the lights came back on, and of course during the q and I'm literally like wiping tears. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like I so moved. Yeah. To put it mildly. And and I, I before we started recording, I, I had suggested some movies. Yes. And I was <laughs> wrong about all of them. <laughs> so what, uh, what, what's the era? 
Well, the era is, again, like toys, pretty much 80s, yeah. you know, late 70s to mid 90s. And, Go- and Goonies isn't there. No, because it's coming out for Christmas, we really focus on Christmas films. So okay. it's Die Hard. Oh, my God. Um, Home Alone. Yeah. And then I just did Ghostbusters for myself because uh, yeah. I love Ghostbusters. God, it's not really yeah. a Christmas film. And then I did uh, Dirty Dancing mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, I want more seasons and the show doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, sure. So well, that's, I, think, I mean, that's iconic, of course. Yeah. Well, the nickname for that movie, it, which is probably sexist now, of course, and also even if it's not sexist, misleading um, or inaccurate, but um, Star Wars for girls. Like, that's their movie. And I would argue women are more into Dirty Dancing then dudes are into Star Wars. Okay, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, I'm not the, sure about uh, that. It's the fourth most profitable film of all time. Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Including the album? Not Disney. including the album. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And so is it – are you like looking – are you doing interviews and, and, and it's exactly, behind the scenes stuff? It's exactly and, like Toys That Made Us, man. Oh, my God. We – you know, because we're a Netflix show, we yeah. got a great budget. Right. And we got to fly all over the world. One of the secrets to Toys That Made Us – I'll give you one of the secrets. This is the secret of the whole show. Okay. I'll, 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 okay, I'll stop recording. And uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer because yeah. so much of what I've done is other people telling yeah. their shit. Yeah. Like – I'm a big believer in just telling people and then hopefully they're going to take what I did if they want to and make it better. Right. So basically the whole secret to toys that made us, and this is what we did in movies too, is what I call a RoboCop. Okay. And I, uh, it's one of, that's one of my favorite films of all Reach, time. Creep. Good. Thank well you. done. Thanks buddy. <laughs> basically, I don't know if you remember this scene or not, but uh, RoboCop, goes back to his house sure. from before he became RoboCop. Yep. And it keeps cutting back and forth between how it used, from his point yes. of view, uh-huh. as when he was Murphy mm-hmm. talking to his family and seeing his son, to him in, as RoboCop yep. walking around a completely empty house. Yeah. And that's the secret to toys that made us. So like, if you watch the end of the Star Wars episode, mm-hmm. we literally are cutting back and forth between pictures of Kenner in the seventies where the guys like inventing the tie fighter toy. And, you know, we went to Cincinnati, we were in the Kroger building on the 11th floor, whatever, seeing the empty hallways Uh, where that exact thing happened. Yeah. So now that I've told you that you'll see it in every episode, except for hello kitty. Got it. And like, so for dirty dancing, Linda Gottlieb was the producer. Mm -hmm. Like we brought her back to the lodge. I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it functioning? Fully functioning. Okay, got it. Because of the movie. Because of the movie. It's all about the movie. Is it in the cast skills? No. Where, it's where? in North Carolina. Okay, got it. Yeah. So we're literally walking through like the restaurant where yeah. in the movie the the two sisters have the fight and mm-hmm. the father or whatever. And I'm literally walking through there with Linda Gottlieb. And in the episode, we're cutting back and forth to an empty restaurant. To a full restaurant from the movie, empty restaurant. Like, wow. And Linda hadn't been back there since the shoot. Right. So that's the secret oh to the God, show. If you like the show, yeah. you might not realize it, but that's why. I mean, it's the heart. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Wow, that's amazing. All right. One, one last question. Yes. And then we're going to need to have you come back because I'm going to have so many questions after I watch the movies that made us. Because the ones that you listed, I mean, the good thing is, is like when people, people ask me about – you know, traveling, drinking, like you've probably gone to every place you could go. And I'm like, 
are you kidding? Hmm. No, I went like I did like five episodes in Italy. Like there are so many more possibilities. And maybe some people would think that for toys or or do they not? Do they realize how endless it kind of is? Listen, being a horrible to be a good producer, I need to tell you we could do 100 episodes. Right. And if Netflix wants to do 100 episodes, I'd be thrilled to make them. Yeah. You know. There's really about 20 good episodes. What about and the we've one made 12? Like the troll that you put on the end of a pencil? Like the troll eraser thing? Is that an episode? Uh, highly yeah. unlikely. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 if they want me to make yeah. one, happy to make it. But with the movies that made us, I mean. Well, that's the good thing about movies. We, that weird made science, us. real genius. I mean, you could just go on and on forever, right? Well, again, the irony, me being this big geek, you would think I would have done Terminator, Robocop. Bat 89 Batman, mm. but because we were trying to hit Christmas, yeah. we didn't do those. So that, God willing, we get a yeah, pickup. Sci-fi is open too. Yeah. I mean, the, the making of the Star Wars episode for toys, within reason, that'll be hard to beat. Yeah. But making a doc about Robocop and 89 Batman will be insane if I get the chance. So I'm extremely excited to watch the movies that made us. Thank you. So when that comes out, will you come back? Because I will have a, a plethora of questions. It would be my honor to okay. come back. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Folkweiss. Thank you. Make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Man, how can you afford gas for that big SUV? I pay less for gas than everyone else. I got the free Get Upside Gas app and get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting up to 25 cents off a gallon with the free Get Upside Gas app while I'm paying full price? You know it. People earned over a million dollars last year. You just got to take a picture of your gas receipt and bam, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm downloading the free GetUpside Gas app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code AUTO for a 20-cent gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 45 cents a gallon on your next tank. Just download the free GetUpside app at the App Store or Google Play and use promo code AUTO. Save money on gas on every fill-up. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code AUTO. That's A-U-T-O. Visit GetUpside.com for terms. Well, you're here. Might as well join us. Welcome to Zane's World. You can see how we kind of went off track a little bit there. When you think about anything that's nostalgic, yeah. you kind of like, it go, It can go crazy. Because yeah. you went off to movies and then you start thinking about movies and emotions and then toys. Yeah. You didn't even realize until you watched that show how much emotion you can have attached to a certain toy. No. You know, like yeah. they flash a toy up there and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I had that. You know, like. You know, what's interesting to me when I watched it is uh, how much of a connection I didn't have to certain toys. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I they were talking about Star Wars toys and I had zero interest yeah, I mean, in Star I, Wars Yeah, I mean, my toys. next door neighbor, his parents would mm-hmm. buy him all of those. Okay. I could get like one. Okay. You know, um, and then ours were like, Erector set, 
Uh-huh. Interesting. Um, so is it, is it really? Because <laughs> it doesn't seem like so, it So, yeah, I'm not really interested. <laughs> anyway, uh, mo- moving, moving on. Moving on to yeah. Care Bears. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. So Care Bears were like a huge thing. And so... So there's one in Care Bears for sure. Yeah. yeah. I know. I got to find it. Okay. Like, I'm so into it. And so Jess had her Care Bears and I had my Care Bears. This would be your twin sister. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you would get them as like, for your birthday, you get yeah. a Care Bear. But they had to be like different, mm-hmm. you know? But we had to like, to combined, we had the set. You know oh, what I mean? wow. Like, there was, like, I don't know how many there were, probably. And like where are they now? 15. Well, a lot of them are currently in my washing machine because... Wait, of your original mine, ones? My original Care Bears, yeah. Where were they being stored? At Mendy's house. At your mother-in-law's house. So, at some point when Or you're not me, your mother-in-law, your sister's, sister's mother-in-law. mother-in-law. Yeah. yeah, at some point when me and Jess were moving, and at yeah. some point they made, them over, well, they made it over to Mendy's house wow. because she has a huge garage that she doesn't use, and there was a bunch of toys in there. And I don't know if she's kicking us out now or what, you know. You, so you, you, but you're you're washing them for your niece. Wait, what? I don't know why you wash them. I would Be- think that there if there's if there was any value, you've now devalued them. If By you washing had, them? If you had the full set, absolutely. Well, they're dirty. Well, there you go. Like the, the then, they, then they were already, then they were already yeah. Gone. Oh well, I mean they were like well played with. We had them for years. Right, right, right. So yeah. so it's not like it's not like they were sitting in a box. You like, yeah, they're there. So now, well, your niece was looking into our clear washing machine. I don't know why she's getting her eyeball prints on them because <laughs> I'm not giving them to her. <laughs> That's going to be really easy to do. Um, all right, so uh, Wait, we're done because I was going to talk about My Little Ponies. Well, you know, let's just let people. Uh, go, let's leave that. Let's okay. leave the surprise in there because uh, you know, again, I don't have any connection to my little points although i did have a sister and she and she had them wait does she still have them no okay. no we never thought about yeah you, you, even right now you don't think about Keeping like something. what would be valuable like there is for example like a video game from nintendo that they like it didn't sell a lot of and it's worth like thousands of dollars hmm. And if, bubble and if, bubble? No. Okay. And if it was in the box, it was worth even more. Like these crazy things mm-hmm. because of the collectors that are out there. But um, And then, do you know that like, I guess this whole thing happened where like, well, you know what? We don't need to bore people. <laughs> We're just bullshitting. <laughs> All, right, All right. So listen, I, r- real quick, just to uh, wrap it up. I was in Portland this weekend, past week. You were gone forever. I was gone for a long time. Um, shooting some stuff for our Ecto, our experiential curated transformative outings, which basically at some point people will get to take uh, bucket list trips mm-hmm. like Machu Picchu climb Kilimanjaro, all these kind of things, but curated by us. So we can guarantee that they will be amazing trips. And then I, here's, this is me literally talking to you. Like we haven't talked about this yet, but we're probably going to do a dozen next year. Oh, what are you talking about? And I was thinking. That's so much. It is a lot, but we don't necessarily, it's one a month, but that's part of the adventure business anyway. But I was thinking that like, I should probably be it each one of those. But I can't be at them for the entire trip because because I can't be away that long because I need to run the business. But I definitely Where feel are you like going with this. This is kind of me letting you, letting you know something. Yeah, you're giving me heart palpitations. I so I'm going to have to go to like each of these each of these trips. Okay. For at least a portion of the trip. Got it. To talk to people, make sure they're having a good good time. Why do I and, feel like you're saying, Mel? I'm going to go drink beer with some friends every month for like a week. But that's not that's not how I'm saying that. Okay. That's not what I'm that's not my intention is not for it to sound like that. Okay. So you're throwing something. Yeah. I'm picking it up. Yeah. 
I'm kind of transforming it. Yeah. Throwing it back to you. Okay. And it's ringing true. And what does it look like? <laughs> what does it look like? It looks like what's actually happening. <laughs> and it kind of looks like the truth. But but let's hit on the importance of, of Ecto mm-hmm. as as... of the adventure business model, how important it is for these trips to be as amazing as they can possibly be. Of course. So I feel like the only way to ensure that that's the case is to physically be there. (laughs) You were working on this. And listen, sometimes sometimes those places have beer. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie to you. But I was thinking that, you know, you maybe you need to be there too. I mean, I have work i have yeah. cats yeah take them take them all with you i'm not bringing kittens with giardia to to a trip okay great now people know we have cat, a kitten with a giardia people who have kittens or rescue animals know that they always have something yeah their people are people have big boy pants on they can deal people with who are listening have your big boy pants thank you for joining us and you're welcome for cutting off Mel before she went into some sort of diatribe about My Little Pony and see how, see how that went. Um, do us a favor. Let your friends know to listen to the podcast if you like it, if you like our guests. Um, we have a lot of great people lined up. Yeah, we had a quick period there where I was so busy I didn't have guests. And now we have a lot of guests that we've been recording. And so we have a lot of really interesting people that I'm excited for you to meet. So if you like what you hear, kindly share it. It would mean the world to us. Thank you for listening to another episode of Zane's World. Join us next week and every week at Apple Podcasts and PodcastOne.com. New episodes are available every Thursday. Please tell your friends about the show and don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Hey there, Rob Sesternino from Rob as a Podcast. And if you're a Big Brother fan, you know the summer is all about one thing, watching crazy people locked in a house on Big Brother. And we've got episode recaps after every episode with the past house guests talking about all the updates from the game and the gossip from the live feed. Listen to Rob as a Podcast exclusively on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. And if you love the show, why don't you share it or even leave us a rating and review? Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Man, how can you afford gas for that big SUV? I pay less for gas than everyone else. I got the free Get Upside Gas app and get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting up to 25 cents off a gallon with the free Get Upside Gas app while I'm paying full price? You know it. People earned over a million dollars last year. You just got to take a picture of your gas receipt and bam, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm downloading the free Get Upside Gas app now. Download the free Get Upside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code AUTO for a 